This is Raising Mama, a hilariously honest podcast dedicated to unveiling the hidden realities of motherhood. Our goal is to arm you with the information and tools you need to be your most confident and empowered self. This podcast is packed with unfiltered testimonies, diverse perspectives, and expert opinions, along with a good dose of laughter and tears. Leading you on this journey is my best friend, Megan Stander, who is a CEO, passionate maternal health advocate, and mom of two daughters. Alongside me is my best friend, Chelsea Ledson, who is a mother, wife, and registered nurse with her master's specializing in women's health. Let's try to raise the next generation by raising up mamas and maybe raising a little hell. Today, we're thrilled to introduce Katie Wilder-Thomas, a highly skilled and knowledgeable fitness and nutrition expert. Katie holds a master's in science and boasts an impressive array of certifications, including being a certified strength and conditioning specialist and a precision nutrition level one coach. She's the creator of the Food Freedom Project and a dynamic trainer on the Future Fitness app. Katie, a mom of two, specializes in empowering mothers in their postpartum fitness journey. Her practical and empathetic coaching, available through her online modules and active Instagram community focuses on sustainable wellness. You can follow her at Katie Wilder Thomas and find her at katiewilderthomas.com. Let's dive into her valuable insights on today's episode. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you. Hi, guys. So excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to talk to you. We just chatted a little bit about how we all have the humble area in common because you and Chelsea both went there for school and my parents live there. So that's, that was yeah. pretty cool. It's, <laughs> you know, not very common that you get three people in a room who have all been lived in experienced the same place, let alone Humboldt County, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's a magical place. If you've never been there, I highly suggest really? going. <laughs> yeah. But okay, let's get right into it. So with your nutrition and fitness background, we've crafted some questions from you. So I'm just going to get right into it. Awesome. Many new mothers struggle to find a balance between nurturing their bodies postpartum and managing weight concerns. So Chelsea and I just had a big long episode about body weight. And like based on your expertise in nutrition and fitness, what key principles do you think mothers should keep in mind in this in this time of their lives where they're trying to like, you know, balance self-care, but also they're like, oh crap, you know, things are feeling a little different. <laughs> yeah. Things are feeling a lot different. Yes. And I think, you know, for so many moms, depending on if it's first baby, second baby, I mean, every experience is different and there are so many things to discover. A, your body is completely new to you. Uh, you've got a new human being to take care of, maybe additional humans who are adjusting with this new life form, you know, in your family now. So there's so much going on that when we are not feeling our best self, that we can really kind of start to just allow ourselves to kind of spiral, right? With thinking, oh, I'm not happy with how I look. Like I need to change this immediately. I need to get back to where I was. And I think first, we need to just acknowledge that you're not going to feel your normal self for a bit of time, right? And that's to be expected. We have a completely different focus right now than just worrying about ourselves. So what I really encourage my clients who are newly postpartum to do is to A, like, let's embrace that and recognize that that's okay. And that we will, it will be a journey to feel normal in our skin again and with inside our body. But that doesn't mean we can't focus on things that make us feel good, right? So with my newly postpartum clients, I really focus on habit building as opposed to focusing on the number on the scale or like how you feel in your body. So instead we think about what can we do now, you know, two weeks postpartum, four weeks postpartum that makes you feel just a little bit better than when you started the day. And the more I can get my clients thinking in that mindset, the better off we're going to be. Because if we're focusing on feeling good, then we're really concerned about what actions are we taking to get there, right? And I'm not just concerned about what am I eating? How am I exercising in order to lose weight? So it mm -hmm. completely changes like that experience, you know, when you're thinking about what do I need to just feel a little bit better to show up as a mom better, to show up for myself a little bit better compared to like weight loss being the sole 
thing that we're focused on. So what you're saying is that we're sort of setting aside the weight loss thing as a whole mm-hmm. and almost pretending like it's not it's not there. <laughs> and we're yeah. you're we're creating an indirect way of getting there, which is habit building. Is that right? hundred percent. Yeah, that's exactly it. And it is a little mental manipulation, but it's the mental manipulation we all need and deserve. Okay. It's like the good kind of manipulation because we've gone down this whole of diet culture, right? That has told us that our worth is really only like directly related to how much we weigh and what we look like. And it's an opportunity for you to start rewriting that script and maybe like starting from scratch and thinking about what does it even mean to like feel good in my body? And now is an opportunity to kind of figure that out because you know what? I can't just like go out and go for an hour long workout and really like restrict my calories because I have a human to feed. So that Mm -hmm. doesn't work at this time. So something else has to work in place of that. And it is a great way to start challenging some of those mindsets that have hung around with us for decades, maybe at this point. And doing some of that, you know, reflection as to what does it mean to like feel good for myself? What are some examples of that? Because I feel like at certain stages, I I wouldn't even know how to answer that. Like, so what, what would a mom be feeling or asking herself to determine how, like, how do I feel good in myself? Like, what are some standards or? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because nutrition and movement can, can do that for us so much. Right. But sometimes like you said, we don't know what that is. So, um, starting out, I would say, okay, like, let's just maybe focus on eating some meals, right. Instead of as moms, we are known for snacking, like just getting through the day. (laughs) Yes. Snack attack. So maybe just focusing on sitting down and eating a meal easier said than done. I know, but if we can do that more often than not, then that's great. Um, additionally, like drinking water, there can be so many positive benefits when we are consistently drinking like 64 ounces of water a day, moving our body every single day. So like, I'm not talking huge workouts. I'm talking like, let's get up, let's go for a walk. Let's get outside get fresh air, get some vitamin D and feel those positive effects of following through. I think building that self-efficacy of showing yourself you want to do something and then you follow through with doing it, whether that's eating a meal that you would have otherwise not eaten or rushed, you know, through to saying you're going to go for a walk and then executing on that walk, despite having a, an infant to take care of, despite having like work and whatever else you've, you've got going on. Every time you follow through and show up for yourself in that way, you're building your, your self-confidence and it feels Mm, good. So that's really what we're kind of after. And I think it's that first step in just, okay, we start simple. We start with water. We start with walks and like, we can build on that once you're showing yourself that you can actually do these things. And then we discover what kind of movement we like and what kind of meals make us feel good. I really love what you're saying because I think one of the struggles is a lot of people breastfeed right after they give birth. So you can't just like you said, dive into old habits, like be like, I'm just going to not eat for a week or I don't know, do something (laughs) horrible because you feel like I I need to produce like really good breast milk, you know, Mm -hmm. like I still need to be like, I don't know, you get really in your head about like, geez, I'm still not on my own yet. I'm still not Mm -hmm. like, not just my body, like you're trying to produce that milk. So I remember personally thinking like, what the heck am I supposed to do? Like, I can't Mm -hmm. even work out or do the things I would normally do. And it's such a helpful force to be like, hey, then you're gonna have to do something different. And Mm -hmm. I love what you said about like, do the things that kind of bring you joy, because there's absolutely no way you're ever going to do anything long withstanding if it's like Mm -hmm. punishment. Postpartum, the good thing is it really forces you to like reframe your brain. And if you guys were like me, I had such a horrible brain, just like you're saying, diet culture to the max. So... I totally yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned feeling normal again. So like, what if, cause for me, I, I, I feel like I never felt normal again, <laughs> not to like okay. spare anyone, but you know, so how do you know, like what your normal even is assuming like there is a sort of a new normal, like, what do you think is a healthy normal to want 
to get back to not even necessarily weight wise, but like, yeah. Or how, yeah. how did it pan out for you? Yeah. For me, you know, being a, a fitness professional training and like, I mean, I've was a college athlete. I don't think I've not worked out like for longer than like a week ever in my life. You know, it's just mm. been part of me. So that transition was a, a little weird, but as soon as I was able to kind of get back into being proactive and putting intention into my week and saying, okay, I've got these three like postpartum training sessions that I'm going to do this week and being intentional about it and not feeling like I was just floundering, it started mm. to make me feel so much better. So mm. I think maybe you didn't have a foundation of fitness at all before pregnancy. And that is absolutely fine as well. I think it's looking at where you're at, identifying, is there something pulling you to want to do something different? And if there is, then we need to follow that lead, right? And if, if you're feeling like, okay, I'm postpartum, like this baby ain't getting any smaller anytime soon. I know I need to be strong for it as well as being able to show up decades from now for my yeah. children, then that's something that we want to lean into. And we want to take advantage of being new and being novice at something is not a downside. You know, the, it's great to take that leap of faith and understand that I know I'm not where I want to be fitness wise, but I want to get back there. Now, of course, when you're postpartum, there's a lot to consider in terms of navigating that territory. You don't want to just go pull up some YouTube video of a random workout and go have at it. We might want to be a little more like smart about how we're yeah. easing back into movement. Um, but I think, you know, intention for me is what I always go back to is, are you living a purposeful life? You know, and in my realm, I really look at fitness and nutrition as that's mm -hmm. the, the, the triggers I can pull with my clients to say, is there intent and is there a purpose in our training and how we're fueling ourselves? Because it can have such a, a positive effect in how we go experience life. Yeah. How much, how much of your coaching do you feel like is a little bit psychological? <laughs> like 99.9%. <laughs> <laughs> For me, the programming is like, could do it in my sleep, right? It's breaking down barriers to discover what my clients need in order to create sustainable habits and to do the things consistently. We can all do things for a few weeks until the novelty wears off, until it starts getting a little more inconvenient into our schedule. So really discovering like, what is your why? You know, it's very cliche to say, but it has mm. to matter in order for you to continue to show up. And then what I pride myself on as a coach is I am very empathetic, but I'm also a realist. And I've lived these experiences to know that, you know what, you don't need an hour long training session to see results or to feel better, you know, like we can mm -hmm. bump these sessions down to 15 and 20 minutes, as long as it allows you to show up for yourself. And as long as you're starting your workout and you're ending and you're feeling better, that is all that I care about because you're going to be feeling so much better when you're taking care of yourself and you're following through with what you want to be doing for yourself, even if it's modified shorter, you know? Um, so that's yeah. really where I take pride in my coaching is being able to help my clients stay on for the long haul because I'm showing them like, it doesn't have to be this all or nothing thing. We can find that gray area and live there, you know, for a while yeah. until things aren't so great. I like that. I put the bar really low. <laughs> Absolutely. Like who, who is, who is setting the bar? You know, that's what it comes back right. to is who like this imaginary person, like, yes, we have what are re recommended durations of time to improve cardiovascular health, to improve strength and endurance. But what is the alternative? Zero minutes is much better than 20 <laughs> minutes, three times a week, you know? So yeah. it's kind of, and th these are conversations that I'll have with my clients is we, we t retouch every few months, you know, it's kind of like, okay, I know it's been, it's been a month. Baby's been teething, baby's not sleeping. You're lugging around this 25 pound child. Like, 
all hours of the day, body's not feeling good. How are we feeling now? What do we need to adjust and, and tweak? And it's just that very real sense that nothing is permanent. Everything mm -hmm. is fluid. Things come and go. And if, you know, moms know this, like <laughs> can feel real, real tough one week. And then all of a sudden, when you think you can't handle any more, baby sleeps through the night and you know, we're, we're good again. So it's just that ongoing conversation, reassessing how your life is and how can your training and nutrition continue to fit into that chaos, essentially. I'm so curious because you're a mama yourself and you're like <laughs> captain of working out and stuff. Yeah. What are like the tips and tricks that you do for yourself that are like most effective? Oh yeah. That's fun. I posted a reel one time and I got so many views. Cause it was like, if you want your, your to like kids to hang out with you while you work out, do this. And it was like nothing, like nothing works. Okay. Uh, yeah. so <laughs> they so honestly, I will have my girls with me right now. It's cold. So I don't really, I'm not most motivated to get in the garage at like five in the morning. Uh, so they'll come with me in the garage. I'll have them set up with some like art, you know, activity. It gets me at least like 15 or 20 minutes of uninterrupted time. And then after that, I'm like, whatever happens, happens. So if I can get the bulk of my training in, um, you know, after that, we can just kind of play with it and it doesn't have to be perfect. Again, it comes down to like the frequency. Are you taking action throughout your week multiple times? And if that's the case, then good things are going to start happening. So taking that idea that it needs to be perfect, that you have to hit every single set, every single rep, you know, is false. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's not really what I'm training for right now either, you know? So yeah, I think that has right. a lot to do with it. I like that. I like the idea of like taking away the perfection side of it mm -hmm. so that you can set some realistic expectations or just have like no expectations and just Amen. yeah, do it, like do it in an imperfect situation for an imperfect amount of time with mm -hmm. questionable results. And that's like, <laughs> and, but you're in. Can like, I steal that tagline? That was amazing. <laughs> Don't use yes. that for your marketing, but. <laughs> I mean, that's it though. And I think we've condition been conditioned to think that you know has to you have to burn x amount of calories and blah 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 just overcomplicated thing when in reality what we're doing when we're training is we're putting our body under a stress that is more significant than it would experience in its normal everyday life so that it promotes growth and it grow promotes growth not only in our physical vessel but in our mental vessel as well. You are choosing to be uncomfortable. You're choosing to push yourself. And when that happens, you're showing yourself that you can overcome discomfort. Are we talking about working out or are we talking about having kids? <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it's so true, right? Like it's, there's so many parallels in like, dang, if you can show up and if you can do this for yourself for 20 minutes, like you can be a mom for the other 23 hours of your day, because it's the same type of like mental strain. Um, mm. and that's why it is, it's so important to take that time for yourself, even if it's just going for a walk and like following through on what you say you're going to do for yourself, um, because it has ripple effects and it positively impacts you in so many other ways as a mom. I like, so like, I, I have one thing I say to myself sometimes, I, and it's just like some silly thing um my friend taught me but I'm always like I can do hard things mm -hmm. and yeah. um it helps but I feel like this is like maybe not I can do uncomfortable things but like go do uncomfortable things absolutely yeah you <laughs> and this is like that. that tough talk sometimes that we have to have in understanding like embracing the suck right like you know that you're not like you're not seeing or feeling the best right now. And so like, go do something that makes you feel uncomfortable, put yourself intentionally into that discomfort, show yourself that you can do it, push past it. And then, wow, like you start to just build again, it comes back confidence. Right. And so for me, it goes so much outside of, um, like changing your body composition, but that is an outcome that we get to, you know, months, right. years down the road. And the thing is, is it doesn't happen if you aren't doing it. Mm -hmm. So we have to build that self-efficacy and that 
that takes time and that takes 15 minute workouts, you know? How did like your, your own personal experiences, um, with, with your fitness and nutrition and, you know, even with having kids, how did, how did that shape your philosophy and approach now? Because, you know, usually it's like we have, when we have challenges ourselves, it gives us these aha moments and then we feel compelled to share these aha moments with people to kind of get them to shortcut. So how, how was like your own personal life? How has that contributed to how you approach things? Yes. I, I do think you don't know what it's like to be a mom until you go through it. And I, have reached out to clients that I've worked with before having kids and then like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like we were completely unrealistic, you know, like even I've all, I'm always someone who's going to operate in a form of like, you know, a little more caution, I guess. And like empathy, but still I'm like, you just don't understand until you're there. Um, and so after having Harley, who's my oldest, I literally did not work out for longer than 20 minutes an entire year. That was my discovering that, and I looked great. Like I was very lean and I focused on 20 minute workouts like four or five times a week. So that was like an aha moment for myself of, okay, it Hmm. doesn't have, it's more the consistency, right? And it's more pushing intensity and training hard. If I'm going to go for just, 15 or 20 minutes, like I want to work really hard in that duration of time. Um, And then nutritionally, the biggest thing and all my clients, anyone who's gone through food freedom project knows this. And it's really after becoming a mom, when it really like became so apparent that you have to start living your life with a little more intent with your nutrition and your fitness, namely nutrition, because working out is a little bit easier in terms of like, I can just go do the thing. Whereas nutrition, there's like, you have to cook it and, you know, like got to figure out what to eat, but that's the issue, right? That's the thing that if we don't do it, we're just going through the drive-thru again, or we're pulling out something that is easy or we're eating cereal for dinner. So I'm a huge planner, like easy planning, not like this huge thing that has to be done. It's more like, let's take some time in the middle of your week to kind of just assess what your life is looking like. Like, what does next week look like? Are you bombarded with meetings and extracurriculars and appointments? Or is it a pretty light load week? And that will kind of dictate what you're, how you're able to show up in that week. Or is it going to be challenging? And if so, you can then start to mentally prepare for that a little bit more. Um, or is it a week where there's a little bit more ease and lightness? And do you want to take advantage of that in a certain way? And I, I swear by anchoring yourself, um, with your planning and feeling confident going into your week, it's a game changer as opposed to waiting till Sunday last minute to kind of like, okay, I guess I got to figure out like some groceries for the week and like, shoot, what do I going to make? I don't know what to make like, and then just feeling overwhelmed with the whole thing and doing what you always do. Um, so that's the other piece that having lived it and having a husband with an unconventional work schedule, being a working mom, like I swear by like creating the habit of sitting down, taking 20 or 30 minutes sometime like a Wednesday or a Thursday, and just kind of like assessing what your life looks like in the week or next two weeks, maybe like doing a quick Pinterest search for some recipe inspiration, you know, and making it a little bit more enjoyable instead of like that rush to figure everything out on a Sunday. Totally. I'm a a food freedom project. I think the number one, like most helpful thing is yes. Planning time energy is like very hard mountain when you're having a newborn, but then just knowing what the heck you're supposed to eat for me was like, actually very challenging you know because I feel like that's what was so enlightening was just like oh okay this is not that hard you know you really break it down into like these really easy ways where Mm -hmm. it's not um I don't know it just kind of like cuts through the noise and you're like oh of course that's healthy eating (laughs) (laughs) I think that is like a key part too because it's really easy to be overwhelmed by like what is healthy eating (laughs) can can you give us the 
the cliff notes on that, Katie, of like, <laughs> yes, from the, yes. not the whole, you know, but just cliff notes on like what the approach yeah. is. Yeah. So, I mean, what we talk about in the Food Freedom Project is curating your own preferences and figuring out what's going to stick for you, right? Because if someone gives you a meal plan and it's full of things that you don't really enjoy and you don't really like, then what's the likelihood of holding on to that for life? Probably not very good. So we really just focus on the three macronutrients, which would be your protein, carbohydrates, um, and your fats. And then really um, emphasizing the importance that vegetables and fruit play into a well-balanced diet that makes you feel good. Then we just talk about what, you know, what is a protein and like, what are options there? What is a carb? What are options there? And same thing all the way down. And so there's actually like lessons within that module that, okay, you're actually going to sit your butt down and you're going to like write out what you like. And then we can figure out how you make meals out of these foods. Um, so it really does. It just like, cause you know, if you like just do a scroll it's like this supplement being promoted and then this like green supplement and you know, you need these vitamins. Like, can we just like figure out the basics and how to make that work for our family? Because you know, kids like they're not going to like everything that we put in front of them. So we're navigating that space as well. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, like if you can start to figure out just how to simplify the, the meal making process, then it, you can figure out what makes me feel good. And that goes back to like the first thing we talked about, right? Feeling good and making meals, eating meals is a huge piece of that. And it's super easy once you're cooking and doing that stuff for yourself to feed your kid like that. Like there's yeah. no double stress of like, oh, I got to make this for me and that for them. Yep. You just kind of are like, oh, these are the fats I eat every day. I always have like olive oil and avocado. Oh, mm -hmm. these are the carbs I always eat. I always eat yeah. potatoes and but these are the proteins I always you eat. You have mm -hmm. the world's least pickiest eater, though, Charles. And it, it, could be, it could be because you did this food freedom project soon enough and you were so consistent with it. But my kids, I have to make two meals. And I, I you know, I, I know how to, like, combat mm -hmm. pickiness. It's all about introduction yeah. and yeah. consistency yeah. and stuff. But, like, right. I'm still making... I'd say yeah. 1.5 meals. Yeah. Are they one day they're going to be just totally normal eaters, right? But that isn't the reality now. And so good on you for taking care of yourself and still making meals that you need. Because so often moms will just revert to, well, chicken nuggets again. So that's what's for dinner for me. And every once in a while, the default, because you're tired and that's it's already there. Yes, I'm there for that. Uh, but if that's just becoming the excuse because you're, you're not willing to take that five or 10 minutes because it seems overwhelming, it seems daunting. Mm -hmm. And I get that. And that's a whole point of the food freedom project is to simplify, reduce the decisions that you have to make. How bad are chicken nuggets? I think a lot of people <laughs> wonder this, like how I bad mean, are they? I think they're a great source of protein, personally, great protein and carbohydrate. As long as you know, it's real chicken, then, then, you know, right. then it comes down to like the quality, but the macronutrients aren't bad. It's mostly carbs and protein. So, I mean, chicken patties, I will eat those Applegate chicken patties every once in a while, put those on the rotation. Um, yeah, I right. think one of the, another one of the big things that we talk about, Chelsea can attest to this is removing labels off of your food, you know, so not talking about mm. food being good or bad, um, talking about food, supporting your goals and like your health versus like, eh, maybe not be the best choice, but that's okay because I'll have another opportunity tomorrow to like make better choices and kind of removing the power that food has over us. And, you know, food has no morality, so it cannot make us feel a certain way. So we have to change our language around that. Another thing that I really loved was like, not just intuitive or making time for thinking about nutrition and exercise, but also like checking in with your body. Because I think that when you're like sole reason to eat or exercise is to lose weight or be a physique, 
you're never considering how it feels to your body. You're just like, this always feels horrible. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'm trying to run and this sucks. I'm trying to mm-hmm. eat one piece of kale and like, this is not yeah. fun. But it's like a lot of your program is the same thing. It's kind of like pick exercises you like and you'll probably exercise more, you know? Yeah. And yeah. the other thing is like, pick foods that make you feel good. And mm-hmm. if you don't listen to your body, which I definitely never did, it's like, it's kind of like a fun project of like, wow, you know what? Mm-hmm. Like all the books say you shouldn't have XXX, but when I eat oatmeal with yeah. peanut butter yeah. and whatever, um, apples, like I remember yeah. I kept eating that and thinking my old brain was like, carb, 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 carb. Yeah. This is way too much food. You're going to mm-hmm. be like, you know, but every time I ate that specific meal, I felt super good. Yeah. I could like have energy for days and I wouldn't be yeah. super hungry. And I just was like, oh, for my body, like this is like a real winner. Like, Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's the whole, that's honestly where I came with the name food freedom, because from my background, mm. I was one of those who, you know, I counted calories, um, and I was always on the low end, you know, cause my fitness pal going to tell you, you need to be like 700 calories lower than you really need to be. Um, and so constantly hungry. Right. So my, I was always, when's my next meal? When's my next meal? Like I ate decent. I still like splurge and whatever, but it was just like food was always a thought. Right. So when I learned, took my precision nutrition course, I'd always been interested in nutrition, really understood in better detail, how these macronutrients are supposed to work in our body, how they work together. Like you should be structuring your meals so that you can feel good. I just like stopped thinking about food because I was actually fueling myself with meals that created like a satiated experience. I didn't think about food for like four more hours after I was done eating that meal. I was like, this is like food freedom. So the absence of thinking of food, you know, is where that name truly came from. Why did you decide to call it project instead of some program or something else? Yeah, that's a great question. Never been asked that. Um, I I have a marketing mind and and word selection is important. And I like, I like the word project. I think it's great, but I want to know your take on it. Yeah, because when I was creating it, it wasn't like I wasn't marketing it as this is a a program that's going to just like solve all your issues, right? But it it is like the basis that can change your life and I think it speaks to the fact that it it is a project and we are evolving, ever evolving uh through our lives and when I was thinking about, you know, what is what feels good, what sounds right, that just kept like sticking with me, you know? So I guess, um, kind of probably what you would imagine is I didn't want it to be like a, I'm not selling this like as I'm guaranteeing Mm -hmm. results. It's like, it's ongoing. It's a little bit more. And I like that it's less, maybe not success oriented, but like it's, it, it's, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's not got the beach beach body vibes, you know, it's not like a certain timeline we're doing this and it isn't intense. Like that's the whole premise and goes back to like my coaching philosophy. And it's, it's not about like doing it perfect, doing it right. But it's about learning the skills, like bringing the intent behind your nutrition, behind your fitness so that you can make more informed choices and stop berating yourself with like not getting it right. Right. So adopting more of that, like every little bit matters being coming a little bit more gentle. And that's kind of all encompassing in the the concept of it being a project, right. Getting constantly getting better, working on the project. Moms need gentle for sure. For sure. And I think it's funny because I think a lot of times the people who are most into nutrition and fitness are like athletes or people with sport or mm-hmm. people who, you know, I don't know, they're not uh, just like the everyday people. And I felt like this is like the, pr- like, I'm training for life. Like, I, <laughs> like, like, I feel like yeah. I forgot that like, oh, just to live, you need mm-hmm. to like move and eat and in how you move and eat really impacts how you're going to live. And like, the, the big thing I'm training for is life. And I'm sure you have yeah. clients that do much more unique workouts for like, I don't know, 
you're training for a marathon and that's your goal. Mm -hmm. But I think for a lot of new moms or people, it's like you just start training for for life. Mm -hmm. And that's the project is showing up for your daughter or son and showing up for your life. And the other thing I thought that I think is interesting, I'm sure, have you read the um, like Blue Zones stuff? Mm -hmm. The people who tend to live to like 100 are not the people who are the athletes. They're the people who just like you said, they show up the most consistently Mm -hmm. in their lifestyles. They walk, they Mm -hmm. eat foods locally grown. So there's like lots of data out there that like the people like living the best lives. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like they're paying attention to their food and nutrition. Yeah. Right. Not in this like over obsessive way, just totally in an intuitive way. It's a great approach. How do you think that fitness and nutrition, because a lot of moms are really going through it in postpartum and you know, we, we always say postpartum is forever. So it need not be limited to like the first six to eight weeks or whatever, but like, they're really going through it mentally. And, and sometimes also more seriously with postpartum depression and anxiety. So, you know, for me, this, that was my blocker really to fitness and nutrition. But I think that that held me back. So like, what are your thoughts on how this, food freedom approach to fitness Mm -hmm. and nutrition, how can that help combat Mm -hmm. some of that stuff? Because I think you're operating from more of that striving mindset, right? Where you're, you're stuck because you're, what you're thinking the expectation is seems insurmountable. And so there's no point in taking action when you feel like you're going to fail no matter what, you know, the idea of, sitting down and creating a meal map and buying the groceries and all that just seems overwhelming. So you know what, like, let's not, let's do something a little different. That's going to help you start to nourish yourself. So maybe let's just focus on breakfast for like the next month. Like, can we just figure out a breakfast that's going to make you feel good? Um, that's going to get you some nutrients in that's going to be easy for you to execute. Same thing with movement. It's like, you know, it's very overwhelming, especially now with Instagram and there's so much information in terms of what you should, you know, these are postpartum moves to do and to avoid. And it's like, well, that's very confusing. And maybe you don't have the resources to go and hire a coach right now. So again, you get stuck in like paralysis because you're afraid you're going to fail or you you've written yourself off for failure essentially. So again, moving, just walking, just taking walks and Doing it because even though you know today it's the last thing you want to do, it's absolutely like not it, but you know the you, the Megan in a month, in a year, in five years from now is going to be so happy that you pushed through that. You went and you did your 10 minute walk and you did that like three times this week. So it's about reducing the barrier, kind of like we've talked about, lowering the hurdles adjusting our expectations of what success looks like, not working in absolutes, right? Like even though I say move every day, cause it is, it's like a great thing you can do for yourself and walking every day. Maybe that's just not attainable for you right now in this season. So can you walk three days this week? And so making those um, compromises, but still taking action in some capacity for yourself uh, goes a long way and having someone to kind of support you and cheer you on and like recognize the effort that you're putting forward is really helpful as well. Um, so whether that's like finding a community online or a friend group, um, and it may not even be like your closest friends sometimes that can be the best support system for you. Um, so yeah, I think adjusting expectations, lowering the bear, um, bar, and cheering yourself on, like hype yourself up when you do the things that you say you're going to do, like give yourself that pat on the back and be like, hell yeah, like, let's go. This is amazing stuff. And that's how you keep it focused on yourself and not external noise. Like you keep it focused on yourself. You're celebrating you and you're, you're keeping it moving. What? So you mentioned social media. I mean, I, you know, I just, posted something about this the other day uh, about how, you know, we live in the information age now, which mm-hmm. we're, we might even be past it. We're in like the AI age, but <laughs> for, for, let's, oh, 
Yeah. With, with like, especially after COVID and everything with just people just went in droves to social media, you know? And so it's like, I think overall I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it because it's a place to find community and it's a place to get information. And Lord only knows if our parents had social media, they would have maybe gotten some parenting tips they like could have used, (laughs) but like, there's a lot on there. And like, if people, if you're looking to get like quality fitness and nutrition education, Mm -hmm. do you think social media is helping or like, not really? Um, personally, I, I do appreciate it for that as a coach, because I kind of know what I'm looking for. And I'm so deep in like my kettlebell community uh, that I know, it's almost like I know these people and I know who they know. So when I am looking at other things, like maybe I'm going to look for like fashion inspiration (laughs) or something, I am like, oh my God, like this is where do I even start? Like, who do I go to follow? So I understand what it's like to not know. And therefore word of mouth is my favorite mode of like finding people who you want to follow. Because if your friends are recommending someone because they're aligned with how they, you know, want to receive information, then that's probably a good starting spot. Um, additionally, I would say, make sure that there's someone who is actually coaching people and, you know, you can see proof of that. It's not just social media proof, but you can go to their website and you can see that they're offering services and it's not just some scam kind of that they're propping up of saying, Oh yeah, this person, like this body composition change in this amount of time. If that's what you're really after, then sure. But I would be cautious of anyone who is like saying, look at this body and then look at this body in two months time frame, you know, right. it can, <laughs> they could be, they can be achieving that, but is it going to be the life you want for like years to come? So just kind of like something to weigh out. Um, so I've yeah, I would a sure- question then like, so okay. What, what about, um, yeah, it it just came to mind. What about all the multi-level marketing, uh, fitness and nutrition stuff? Like there's Beachbody, there's, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a ton of the, now there's Shakeology, like what girl. um, And I've dabbled, like I am not higher than that. Like I have dabbled. I have, I have coached like, you know, 10 years ago, but yeah. Do you think those are problematic? Or are those are those coaches like real coaches? Like, because it's it can be tempting if you're not aware of of what you yeah. Know. And honestly, anything that opens, you know, Beachbody's like a gateway drug, I guess, <laughs> to like the working out world because a lot of it is body That's weight. True. You can do it at home, and anything that gets people moving is I'm here for. You know, so. When you're ready to level up and maybe start taking your strength training a little more seriously, like then you might want to diversify your coaching and get someone who has a little more experience. Um, specifically, like if you want to start like increasing your muscle or whatever, maybe changing your body composition, there's certain training programs and structures that you would probably want to like start implementing um that maybe one of those pre-written uh MLMs aren't going to be able to provide you. I don't like the bullying aspect, the sales aspect of it, you know, and I think there are certain coaches who are really good and they just use their social proof to generate sales. Um I've can't tell you how many times I've been asked to do any of that. And I'm like, I eh, just, it's not in, in the cards for me. So sorry. So that is where I get annoyed with it. It's more of like the pushiness, but you know, anything that gets people moving and experiencing, you know, sweating and figuring out like, okay, this is cool. But again, it, it can be a lot and it can be sometimes mm. appropriate intensities for people and it may cause them to burn out and you know, sit on the couch again for a few months before they 
take a stab at something else. Yeah, like it, it could move you forward, but it might set you back too if you're not yeah. able to. Mm-hmm. It may maybe not the best long term. Yeah, if for some yeah, people as, it works great, you know. As a person who's literally done everything, I've done the beach body, I've done the shakeology, I've done the whatever <laughs> it's called, um, ninety x whatever. Oh, ninety yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you Old name school. it. Like I would say, there is a. I mean, there's a lot more longevity to yours. Is a lot more educational and long term, and like. Yeah. I feel yeah. like the other ones are kind of like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not doing P90X anymore. I'm not doing Beach Body. You know, like, I, don't, I yeah. feel like there's just only so long you can really join those communities, but I'm helpful. They were great in that, you know, at least I did something. But I think uh, once you kind of get the principles of the Food Freedom Project, you're just like, mm-hmm. you don't undo them. They're not, you yeah. know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, like, they stick with to, you. Right. Yeah, to you. Yeah, you know that it's so different to know something than it is to just follow something. And so mm-hmm. taking ownership, yeah. whether it's in your training for or your nutrition, once you know it, that's like the best gift you can give someone, right? So, I mean, there's, if I'm just, that's why I do not do meal plans. If you come at me asking for a meal plan, my clients, they come at me asking for a meal plan. I'm like, no. Sorry, you're gonna have to take the long haul here with me, and we're gonna have to do some education. And you'll thank me in the end. And if they don't want that, then they go to someone who will prescribe them a meal plan, and that's absolutely fine as well. This episode's releasing in early January, and I kind of love it. Yeah, um, New Year's. So, hey. I, like, let's talk <laughs> New Year's resolutions a little bit. Do you? Do you do them? Do you not do them? People have uh, differing opinions on this. I mean, I think people are different, right? So some people are really going to vibe on like a clean slate and starting fresh. Do I think that should allow you to just tap out in December? No. Like, I think there should still be some thought going into December. But for all my clients, we intentionally pushed hella hard through October, through November, so that we could kind of just coast through December Mm. and intentionally coast, like we're still training, we're still being mindful about our nutrition, but we've just kind of like pulled off the brakes a little bit. And this is a piece of the nutrition and broader, like how it impacts your life view is that your training shouldn't always just be 110% hardcore, like same with your nutrition. Like you shouldn't just be gas, like on full throttle the whole way. Like you want to allow for eases, you know, where it's not as intense and you you're having parties and celebrations. So I, I like the new year to just kind of refocus and, you know, it's a, it's a shedding of old skin. Like, how are we going to step into a better version of ourself in the new year? What are we attacking outside of nutrition and fitness uh, that's going to make us a better, more well-rounded mom, like person. Um, and so I, I love the new year. I'm not big on like, well, we've got to lose 20 pounds in three months. Here we go. <laughs> but it's more of just that ongoing dialogue that is so important that we don't do unless someone's encouraging us to like reflect. How are you feeling? How are you feeling in your body? How are you like, feeling in life, what's, what opportunities do you have in front of you in the next few months? Or is it going to be a challenge? Do we need to adjust our expectations? Um, so those check-ins are huge. And I love like that new year check-in because it does, it's like new life. Here we go. Um, and it just yeah. like a little more motivation. Cause we know motivation is fleeting, right? It ain't reliable. She's not reliable. So like new year does bring about a a little bit more motivation, which is nice to help us too. Yeah. I think they say something that, you know, motivation is not really going to get you there. It's like, it's, it's the discipline. Yeah. I always say like motivation, she's cool. Like she comes, she goes like, you know, she's, we like her when she's around, but when she's gone, like we don't miss her that much because we build the discipline. We build the routines into our life and we allow ourselves some grace when we it's feeling hard. And if we miss a few workouts here and there, or like, you know, opt for a lunch out instead of making our lunch, like we allow ourselves the grace to mess up, to, to be a little bit lazy, 
because we know it doesn't need to be perfect. Um, and then like, you know, we get back on, on it. We're, we're doing our thing. We're showing up. And then all of a sudden motivation comes again and things are fun and easy and light and it's cyclical. Um, so the Mm -hmm. more we can just kind of step back and realize it's not you, you're not a bad person. If things are feeling hard or if there is no motivation, it has nothing to do with you. Motivation is not in a hundred percent. So that's where we, we tap into a little bit of discipline, you know, a, a little bit of follow through on ourself. And the more you do that, the better you're going to feel because it's actually you. It's not some external force. It's you showing up for yourself, which builds confidence and builds momentum. Momentum is the word that I use and that I try and get my clients to like search for. It's like, how can we create momentum in our life this week? Um, and that doesn't mean it needs to be perfect. It just means we are every day we're trying to take action in some capacity. So, you know, you're not feeling your workout, but can you at least get out for a walk? That's action. That's creating momentum. What do you think then is the single greatest thing that contributes to discipline? Like, is it planning? Is it mindset? Is it yeah, some other superpower? Good. I don't know phenomenal question. And I think it goes to like, if you can tap into the thought of just do it, just do it. Like your mind, you're throwing up all these excuses as to why you shouldn't. And they're all legit. Okay. They're all legit. I'm validating that for you right now. But if you can tap into just go do it and whether that's making a meal instead of eating cereal, whether that's going and hitting start on a workout that's, and just do as much as you can, then that's where discipline comes through. That's showing up. That's doing the thing when you don't want to do it. Trust me, I feel this way multiple, multiple times every single week. It is not you. You're, it's not, you are not the only one who struggles with this, but the more you can just, just do it. Like, you know, dang it, Nike, but for real, like just go and push start or start the thing. Even if you don't finish it all the way, like you're showing that, Hey, I really, it was like the zero out of a hundred that I wanted to do this. And I went and I did it. And that's something to be proud of. And even if I didn't finish it, or even if it was like a crappy workout or, you know, a half-ass meal, at least I took action and I did it. And that's what continues to build momentum, to build confidence, self-esteem, and make you feel good. I think a huge part of discipline is that you have to start like living your life, right? So if you're doing this nutrition and you're doing this dieting for somebody else, then it's hard to show up for it, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're training for your life, right, and your life is important to you, then it's easier to be disciplined because it's like, well, do I want to feel good today? Do I want to be like, I think a lot of it is the mindset of like, you're doing it for somebody else. And I think the more you can figure out what you you want out of life, then it's easier and you get, um, it's worth it for you, right? Mm-hmm. It's never going to be worth it for you to try and do something if it's purely for somebody else. But I think the more that you reflect on yourself and get really clear on what it is you want out of your life and this little time on the planet, then it's easier to nourish the craft of discipline. Oh, hundred percent. And it's amazing just when you start to do that and you start to practice that intent and showing up and focusing on yourself, how different you perceive yourself you know, you start to see yourself in a different light as someone who does do these things. You start changing the narrative in your mind of someone who can't do this or doesn't do this, or Megan, you know, I haven't worked out or like, I, you can change that script in your story. You can change who you are just by taking action in one single day. That's why I'm always, it's such a great, like such a blessing, such an opportunity to be able to talk to women who get so hung up on what the end goal has to be. I'm like, you literally can be that person that you see yourself being in X amount of weight, X amount of months. You can be that person starting tomorrow. What does that person do? How does that person show up for themselves? What does their day look like? We can start doing that tomorrow and you can feel completely different about yourself 
your experience. You don't have to wait and you don't have to put off for being happy and feeling good until you're at a certain weight or a certain look. You know, you can be that, feel that tomorrow, now. How does the act of comparing yourself to others, how does, how does this hurt us? Or, or help us? Like, what are your thoughts yeah, on that? We can take a lot from others around us and their experiences, um, but it's their experience and it has zero relevance to our life and to our unique situations, right? Everyone has a different experience and are every, you name it, postpartum recovery, how you're raising your children, like it's all different. So I think there's it's good to maybe draw off other people's experiences, maybe take some things that, you know, you're seeing them doing, see if you implement it in your life, if you have any success or you enjoy that. But when I'm talking with my clients, I'm like, we just need to put blinders on for you. Like if you want to focus in on yourself and what's going to make you feel good, we got to put blinders on to the rest of the world. And I want you focused just on yourself, just on your family, what works for you. Um, so that might mean, I just had a conversation with one of my clients today, like saying no to, you know, certain friends who maybe make you not feel your very best when you're hanging around them. Um, and doesn't mean for life, right? Just maybe in this season. Uh, so maybe seeing people less following accounts that don't make you feel good, make you start going down a, a shame spiral or just like regret or whatever feelings surface like that ain't good like we should be surrounding ourselves with people who make us feel lighter right not pull us down so hit the unfollow and one thing that i think isn't maybe talked about as much is comparing ourselves to who we used to be mm -hmm. um even yeah in early postpartum is like you know for me i my first baby was a vaginal birth, uh, second baby was a C-section. And so trying to compare that recovery was doing me no favors. Uh, you know, I was struggling mentally, not feeling good physically. And so you have to stop comparing, give it yourself some grace and recognize that, okay, this is an opportunity. This is my new normal. And I have to start figuring out how to live within it and then tap into some joy into some feel good moments, like what is going to help me. And so, you know, going through a C-section recovery, they much is going to bring you joy in those first few weeks. Uh, but you know, like still maintaining some sort of like 15 or 20 minute breath work, you know, and like taking that time for myself to be like, okay, this isn't what I was doing two or three weeks postpartum baby number one, but that's okay because at least I'm showing up for myself right now. And I'm, you know, taking this recovery road the way it needs to be taken for this experience. So not comparing yourself to, well, first of all, don't compare yourself to high school you. Okay, please, everyone stop. <laughs> and then not comparing yourself to yourself in different phases of your life. Because, you know, you think back how easy life, like you can't compare yourself to how it was pre-kids because it's apples and oranges, right? And so trying a lot of women struggle with wanting to get back to a certain body type. And it's like, well, let's focus on where we are right now and what can make you feel good. Like you're taking care of yourself, like you're working toward that version and then do that for the long haul. Right. And eventually, you know, we talk about body composition changes and all of that, but I think that self comparison is what can really like struggle and take like, pull you yeah. down a little bit. Oh yeah. Is there anything else before we say goodbye? Is there anything else that you wish to tell the world? Um, of the listeners, any golden nugget of advice or words of wisdom for new moms or encouragement? Yeah. Or where people could find you if they wanted to do your program. Oh yeah. And we will be running a, a new program in the new year. So that's super exciting. My um, social media is just my name. So Katie Wilder Thomas. Um, I, I think if it couldn't come across in this, this whole conversation, the number one thing that all women, all moms are entitled to is to feel good. 
stop being afraid of, you know, training in a way that makes you feel good. So many women are afraid of lifting weights because it's going to make them bulky or appear a certain way. Stop allowing your fears to dictate your actions and your inaction. So I think if you just take some time to kind of figure out what it is that makes you feel good, tap into that and do that more often than not, um, that's going to be the key toward a being happy. Um, but also like your long-term goals, right? We've got to do show up for ourselves in a consistent way and, um, finding what works for you. It's only weird if you, if you make it weird, right. Um, <laughs> and doing that more often than not, it will yield your results and you, you don't have to hate the journey. You you're allowed to enjoy the journey, you know, for the most part. <laughs> so good. I love that. Well, thank you so much mm -hmm. for being on the show with us and we'll make sure to include a link to your social and your website and food freedom Amazing. project, everything. Thank you so much. Thank you ladies so much. That was wonderful. Thanks. All right. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the raising mama podcast. Your presence means a lot, and we hope you found our discussion insightful. To become a part of our community, follow us on Instagram at Raising Mama Podcast. Explore resources on the Raising Mama Village located at www.raisingmama.com. You're never alone on this motherhood journey. We're here to support you every step of the way.